Good morning, NNC family. It's good to be with you again for this podcast, and I pray that you're doing well. And uh, you may have been experiencing uh, a quarantine, you may have been experiencing a lockdown listening to this, or you may have not been affected as much, but certainly people around you and the world around you has been affected. And so I just want to start with quickly just praying, Lord God, we thank you that your position as God has not changed. I thank you, Lord, that you still have a plan and a purpose for your church. There is nothing and there is no one that can disrupt the plan that you have for your people. Lord, I thank you that each and every one listening, Lord, has been born with that plan and purpose within them. And I pray, God, that we would get through this time trusting you, leaning on you, and even knowing you greater through this time so that our plan, Lord, that was born with us will be established on this earth and we'll be able to do, Lord, what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's good to be with you again, and I love uh, getting to share with you. I hope that you've been encouraged by the podcast um, coming out each week. Maybe you're already listening, or maybe you've just started listening because of our newfound world that we live in. Um, But if you have just joined us, I welcome you. If you've been listening, it's good to have you again. I just wanted to get into God's Word today and just encourage us that God, uh, as I just prayed, He has a plan and He has a purpose. And actually, this is a really good time for us as the church. It's a reminder that even though... uh, even though it looks so dark outside and it looks so grim, if you just look at the things happening and you look at the news, uh, it's a reminder to us of the frailty of this earth. It's a reminder of the temporality of this time that we live in. And it's a reminder to get our focus fully on the Lord. It's very easy for us to trust God, to lean upon God, and to say, Lord, you have my life, and to begin to pray and to seek Him. Uh, When uh, you are first beginning as a believer, you're excited, or you go into a hard time and God's uh, phone starts ringing much more often because people are desperate. We want to be Christians that are constantly aware of God and are constantly before Him every day, every season, no matter what is happening, that we are very consistent in seeking Him and in knowing Him. And I just want to uh, encourage us, though, that this is a reminder to us that have, we, it's not a doubt that you love God out there. I'm not doubting your love for Him or your devotion to Him. But if you haven't given Him your all 
and maybe you have at other times in your life, but you haven't been recently, this is a reminder that we must give God our all. It's also a reminder that we have only a certain amount of breaths to, to breathe on this earth, and they are running out. Every breath you breathe out is one less in your life. And so this is a reminder that this earth is so easily shaken that uh, uh, a virus, um, an unseen enemy, can affect us so dramatically. And the world is changing by the moment. I don't know what this will look like uh, when it all levels out. Uh, life will go on. Um, what that means for us, um, I'm not sure yet. But I know that God is still the same. And again, one more time, He still has a plan and purpose. He's not surprised. He will do what He said He would do on this earth. Um, that is a fact. And that never changes. Uh, the world changes, opinions change, cultures change, but God is still God and he will do what he said he will do. He will be who he is. He is God. Um, but it's a time for us to get our eyes back on him and recognize that he is God again. He's really given this world a wake-up call and given Christians a wake-up call. Um, I don't want to be excited in this time that there is loss of life or there is loss of people's retirement and loss of, of um, their own their comforts and to see people have to go through trial and suffering. But this time is an opportunity to be reminded of this earth being a fallen state. This is not our home, but we should be heaven bound, looking for eternity, looking up. So I just wanted to start with that reminder again and encourage you and also uh, put a comma on those statements and say that if you are a believer out there, this is also a, uh, a gift from God. This is an amazing opportunity that few lifetimes um, or, or we haven't really seen in our lifetime and few, few lifetimes get the opportunity that the entire world is uh, in panic and doesn't know uh, what to do and who to trust and what to think. This is an opportunity to present them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to present them with the life of Jesus that is within you, to finally be able to get it out where they may have had closed years before and they weren't interested because they had a barbecue get coming up on the weekend or they got their kids sports coming up on Sunday and they just don't have time to listen to you share about the gospel or certainly don't have time to come to your church but now they have time and they also have a crisis around them that has made them aware um, as we are of the uh, unpredictable nature of this earth so it gives you the chance to be able to share the gospel with them and bring them peace, bring them hope, to be peace and hope in their lives. So I just wanted to remind you again about that. And I also wanted to say that uh, for the next point that I wanted to make is that this is a time, church, to be praying. And I heard some others saying this, and this is kind of what I was feeling inside, that you may have been praying already every day and spending time with God every day. But if you're like me and like some of the others I've been listening to, that has just gone up about 
uh, 10 notches. It hasn't even gone up a notch. It's literally like 10 notches. Uh, God is requiring much, much more of me in this time. I feel compelled to pray more than ever. And we must begin to respond to that. We must pray. Um, it's time to be praying. I've been saying that as a preacher, and many, many across the world have been saying it. And I certainly can't stand before God and say I've done it to the fullness that He required, um, because there's always more. But I'm certainly trying to listen now, more than ever before, to be obedient and to get into prayer, to begin to really seek the face of God for my own relationship, of course, that should be every day, but also for what is actually happening in this world right now, and to pray for the leaders that I have in my state and in this nation and the world to handle this in a uh, God-inspired manner and not just handle it with uh, spreadsheets and try to get us back on track economically and save, uh, you know, save lives during, and uh, there will be some cost, but that's just part of war. But to actually be making decisions based on what God says right now and what, and to be about the Father's business, even on a national level. But with our prayers, that would have been a joke. That's funny to say that you know, world leaders would be making decisions based on what God says. I mean, we always pray for that, but then we, you know, we see them make uh, horrid decisions around the world many times, and 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 um, just kind of wonder uh, not where those prayers have gone, but wonder how long it will take for those prayers to actually reach that leader and have them be um, inspired by God in their decisions. And so I'm just praying more than ever that our leaders would have dreams, have visions, have a word from the Lord, that they would have the right leadership around them. They would have people speaking with the wisdom of God, not just um, scientific wisdom, although there's some validity in that, but real godly wisdom so that we can... um, move forward as a nation and move forward in the world uh, with uh, God's agenda. And I don't fully know. I mean, I don't know at all, rather, what's happening right now. But I know in a part that is that God is always God and God is doing something through this time and God is waking people up. So I just wanted to say again that we must pray. And the Lord uh, actually just kind of dropped a quick picture in my mind, and and I get pictures from the Lord, um, and it's it's just the way I think. But he gave me a picture just of um, a captain uh, on a ship at sea, and if if the seas are calm, the captain may even walk away uh, you know, from his station and, and can walk around the ship and, and, uh, he's still the captain. That's still his position. Um, but there's not anything pressing right at the moment and the ship is afloat and, and, uh, he comes back to his station and he can steer it slightly in one direction or the other. But if the seas begin to erupt with violence and there's a storm on that sea, he's going to hold on to that ship with dear life, 
He is going to steer that ship as hard as he possibly can. He is going to hold on until that ship either goes down or he can get that thing into safety. He's not letting go. And I feel like that's the time that we're in, that there are times where we're, it's, it's a peaceful time and it's not that we really didn't have to be aware, but um, our prayers weren't as 911 as they are today. So I want to encourage you, just that's the last thing I'm going to say on this point about prayer, but that it's time to recognize the seriousness of the moment. If you haven't already, I know we're in seriousness in our fear and in our minds, but the seriousness in your spirit right now of what time we're in, and I do believe life will go on, uh, but we must pray. People are dying, and, and if if we don't care about people, which we do, but even if you didn't, the world is changing. So we need to pray for this time uh, for God's will to be done. And so with that said, I just wanted to uh, share a few more points for you this morning. And I just uh, was encouraged by the Lord last week. Uh, he really gave me a supernatural joy, um, just put a joy into my heart and uh just gave me a supernatural joy, something that was beyond me. And uh, it, it, all I can say is it was supernatural, and he filled me with life, just, just gave me comfort and gave me some peace uh, in this time. And uh, what's funny is I went and I sat down in my office and I began to seek the Lord on what he wanted me to speak about. And uh, it's funny because I came in there and I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about joy and to talk about hope and to encourage the church. And I looked up on my shelf and I have a scripture up on my shelf as a decoration and it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 which says, always be joyful. Now, what's funny is I had a second piece of decoration that I really liked the way it looked. And so I grabbed it at a store when I was uh, putting some decorations up just a couple months ago. And when I put it up, I realized that it was the same exact verse. Now, a different piece of decoration, uh, but the same verse. First Thessalonians 5.16, it says on that one in a different version, rejoice always. And it was funny, and I thought, well, that's okay. Um, I'm going to leave it, even though it's the same verse twice in the room. I'm going to leave it. And I was sitting in there, and um, and even though I'm the pastor of this church, um, I'm still a human, I'm a man, and I have to find that joy in God myself. I have to seek Him as well um, through... Um, uh, all the heart stuff that goes on, all the wondering, all the worrying, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I don't let it hang there. I'm just, I constantly just keep giving it to the Lord like I preach uh, for the congregation to do. And um, I, I have to do that. But I was being encouraged by the Lord myself. And I said, wow, Lord, uh, you had me put this up here twice on purpose, just so I wouldn't forget. Because I just did that only a couple months ago, it was, this, it was 2020 that I put those decorations up there. And um, I felt like the Lord 
really impressed on my heart that it's a season, and that's why I had to do it twice so that I could make a point, that we must be joyful right now, that we must find joy in Christ. We have to find a joy in Him that is beyond the human joy. And just a couple of months ago, I know that I had mentioned this this uh, in some of my sermons, um, but I feel from the Lord that I need to say it again, that it's time that we find that secret place in God, that Psalm 91 secret place, that tabernacle, most holy of holies place, that place where Jesus tore the veil uh, in the temple and gave us access to. And in that place, a place that Paul was able to access, he had a revelation of Jesus Christ. He was forever changed. And when he was changed by the Lord supernaturally, uh, even though he went through many things, Paul had a joy in him that was not based upon circumstances. And I've mentioned it many times if you listen to the podcast, but I have to mention it again. But Paul finds himself in prison. He had been beaten and he was chained in that prison cell. And here's Paul worshiping God. And I like to joke with my congregation and say, just like all of us would do, right? That's what all of us would do. The first thing we'd be thinking about when we were beaten and chained and put in prison is to worship God, right? And it's funny because most of us, that's not what we'd be thinking about first. But there's a joy that he had in Jesus that is A, available, and B, we must get a hold of right now. And I love that chunk of scripture because it actually gives a bunch of one-liners there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, verse 17 says, never stop praying. So always be joyful. Never stop praying. As I just mentioned a few moments ago about our, our prayer, it must be constant Now's the time to pray like you've never prayed, but we should always be praying. And in fact, many that were praying all the way through, they have more peace right now. They may even have more things in their home uh, because they've been praying and they were listening to the Spirit of the Lord all along. And then it says in verse 18, to be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in all circumstances circumstances. Now, uh, sometimes people can get annoyed at preachers because it seems like we're being dramatic or we're, you know, making a a simple point, a big, long, drawn-out point. But it must be noted here that it says all circumstances. He tells us to be joyful, verse 16, or rejoice always, depending on your translation, Uh, pray without ceasing or never stop praying. And then in verse 18, brings us back into that joy and the thankfulness. We're thankful in all circumstances because the circumstance is irrelevant, but your natural, your flesh, the human part of you, the man or woman that's uh, a, a part of you, but not really the whole you because you are a spirit. You are a spirit that has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and seated with Christ for all eternity. And when the body dies, we will sit with him forever and ever in heaven with him. And then ultimately heaven will come 
to earth. He'll make a new heaven and a new earth and bring his kingdom here. But the circumstances right now are not, um, uh, we're not able to judge them before that heavenly time where obviously we'll be very joyful and we'll be very thankful, but we are to look at the circumstances right here and now as if they are irrelevant. And then it says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And so I really want to make this point. I'm going to talk about a few things uh, this morning um, and I hope you get this, what the Lord is giving, what has given me and, and is really speaking to you. It's the Lord speaking to you. He's just using my voice, but God is speaking to you right now. If you listen to him, he is offering you a peace that the Bible says surpasses all understanding. He's offering you a joy that uh, is not conditional and a thankfulness that is not conditional to your circumstances. And if your circumstances uh, hadn't really changed a month ago or two months ago and I had preached this, you know, some people would get it and some people wouldn't. But right now, everybody's circumstances are changing. Everybody is starting to wonder what life is right now, what life is going to be or look like in the coming future and so on. And so, uh, this is a time for Christians to find a true stability in Jesus, a true anchor in the storm. And it's not just dramatics, and I'm not just throwing out, you know, um, big kind of um, ideas of, you know, we talk about the storms and we talk about, you know, trusting God, uh, you know, as an anchor. And sometimes in your life, it, it, it's small little tiny things and we're like, oh, I'm holding on to the God, to this anchor in the Lord because uh, my lawn hasn't been mowed yet and I'm praying that they're going to mow it this week. And, and, uh, and it's not that God doesn't care about those small things in your life because I believe he does, but I'm not over-dramatizing, if that's a word, uh, right now. Uh, this is a real moment where uh, if, if these verses... Uh, were not uh, real for you before, or there was no opportunity for you to say, okay, let me really test this. Let me just see if I'm able to be joyful in all circumstances and thankful in all circumstances, because your circumstances just weren't harsh enough, uh, to put it bluntly, to, um, to be able to test it, not that we test God, but to see if you had a joy that was earthly or supernatural. And what I need you to have what I need you to get, because it's the Lord is impressing on me that I need to get this. So I know that this is what he needs you to get, that your joy and that your thankfulness, that that peace inside of you is beyond the natural, but is supernatural. And if you want to go back into some of the podcasts, um, they were last month and, and beyond, I talked for four or five weeks on the idea of being a supernatural human because we have the supernatural part of God within us because that's Christ in us, that's the Holy Spirit in us, and yet we're in a natural human body that succumbs to things like viruses and 
hurts emotionally, physically. Um, but our spirit man is eternal, which is supernatural. It's beyond the natural. And so we must walk as Christians in the supernatural. And sometimes uh, when we talk about walking in the supernatural, we instantly think of miracles and uh, like, you know, ocean waves stopping in front of us because we put our hand up and we told them they can go no further. But honestly, being supernatural is actually having the fruits of the Spirit, which is uh, joy. Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. We don't think of joy as being supernatural, but it is completely and totally 100% supernatural. Joy is from the Lord. It's from the Lord, and it's a gift from the Lord. If you will let God give it to you, it can sustain you through this time. I promise you that the Lord can sustain you. Nothing else can sustain you. I'm getting ahead of some of the things I wanted to say, but nothing else will bring you true hope. Nothing's going to give you true joy, but Jesus can and will sustain you in this time. He is able and wants to give you a joy that comes from heaven to your spirit man so that your earthly human man that you're living inside um, can experience that joy in the earth, in the natural. The supernatural man that's within you, the supernatural woman that's within you, uh, is desperately shaking inside you to live in this world because Jesus showed us that. Jesus was supernatural and yet he walked in a natural man. In fact, the Bible says that he had to go through everything we have to go through for his blood to be equal to our blood on the cross. And he was obedient, which meant that he had to listen to the Lord. It meant that he couldn't listen to his flesh, to his natural man, but he listened to that supernatural man, and he walked a lifestyle of supernatural that, yes, did include miracles and literally walking on water, but it also included that a, a peace. He was always at peace. Jesus was always at joy. There are There's moments like Lazarus where he had sorrow and he grieved, and, and that, that doesn't discount, that doesn't take away the joy I'm talking about. That's a, a, something else that is a different sermon that uh, he had to go through uh, and, and and we do go through those things, but uh, underneath of that is still this supernatural fruit of the Spirit of joy and of peace. And uh, the storm was raging, and he just says, peace be still. And Jesus walked in that, and we must walk in that. We can walk in that, and we must walk in that in this time. Um, as a preacher, I feel like for the last five years, I've been preaching about getting ready. We have to be ready. Church, you have to be ready. You got to get ready. You must get to this place. And um, it almost, it could seem irrelevant if you were just listening to them as sermons and then just going back to your life, going back to work and not looking at them spiritually. But the time that we're in now, it's clear why the Lord 
gave me those sermons and had me preach about getting into that secret place, getting into the supernatural, walking with the Lord, and um, getting into that place now while we have time. And so I'm encouraging you that if you haven't gotten into that place with God where you just have peace, you have joy, you have hope, I'm not talking about you being in a false peace where you don't, uh, you're not even aware of the things that are going on around you. There's still an awareness of those things, but they don't affect you. And that's all I'll say about that. So I, I was just so encouraged, though, that the Lord gave me this verse in such a comforting way because that's what the Lord does. That's who he is. He comforts us and he loves us and he cares about every single little detail. And uh, I just thought it was so funny that he made me put that scripture up there twice so that I would get it. He knew right now that not only would I uh, be, you know, uh, uh, um, able and possibly, uh, you know, um, uh, when, when we talk about being supernatural, we are technically uh, able to be natural. He knew that there would come a temptation for me to be nat- natural or supernatural. And I had to make a choice to choose to be supernatural, to trust God who is supernatural and not me and, and this earth and the, the, the news and etc., which is natural. So he put that verse there for me. And Jesus actually uh, said some things about our joy as well. And he said in the book of uh, John chapter 16, and if you know me personally, you know that I love the book of John. I mean, many do and many of us we we tell um the unsaved you know the new believer to go read the book of john but specifically i love john you know, when we get to chapter 13 14 15 16 and 17 those like four or five chapters right there um are my favorite and possibly of the whole bible it's a very intimate time jesus is just with his disciples and he's talking about this love relationship that we can have with God, and specifically in John chapter 15, abiding in the vine. And then in 16, verse 19, Jesus says, in a little while, you won't see me, but a little while after that, you will see me again. In verse 20, it says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. It says you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Verse 21, it will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. And a lot of people, if you've been listening to Christians out there on YouTube and listening to uh, Christians out there and podcasts, Uh, or whatever your media is, a lot of people have been saying that these are the birth pangs. And when we say birth pangs in Christianity, we're referring to uh, the things that Daniel talked about, that Jesus talked about, that Peter talked about, um, that uh, Revelation talks about um, leading up to the return of Jesus Christ And Jesus used this analogy, these birth pains, um, that a woman has while she's giving birth, but it says when the child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new 
baby into the world. So you, verse 22, have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. I have so many things I could say about this little chunk of scripture here in John chapter 16, and I'm not going to get into, I don't want to get off onto too many side points. I want to stay focused uh, for this podcast, and I want to just be clear here that Jesus is talking to his disciples in this chunk of scripture right before he's taken to be crucified, and Uh, Obviously, when he talks about them seeing him again and that they would rejoice when they see him again, it was because after he was crucified, he showed himself to the disciples and uh, scriptures tell us that, in fact, they were filled with joy. They were so encouraged that Jesus was not dead, that uh, he simply went through this process uh, that looked like death, and this and and Satan certainly thought he killed him, and the world thought they killed him. But he went through this process of of death of the body, but the spirit could not be killed. And when his spirit rose again, and then and then took his body uh, with the spirit, because because God raised him from the dead. Uh, and, and our spirit will be united one day with our body. That's, again, I don't want to get off into that. But that Jesus was the first of the resurrection. And our spirit is instantly, when, we, when the body goes in the ground, our spirit is instantly with Christ. The body will be resurrected one day, just as Jesus's was. And so there was a joy that they had because Jesus uh, went away for some time and then returned. He, he died and then um, appeared to them suddenly alive and encouraged them, just as he told them he would, that, uh, that the devil couldn't keep him, the grave couldn't keep him, death and sin could not keep him in that grave and he came back to life. And so they were filled with joy. And so we can actually read these verses because John is recording them for us to read. Or he's not recording it for them to read. They knew the story. They lived it. But it's for us to read so that we could see, A, what happened to the disciples, because it actually did happen to them. But B, that they experienced something here that we can have, which is that sometimes... We don't understand what is happening. God is doing things. God is working. God is uh, behind the scenes doing things beyond us. It is bigger than we could possibly understand. And Jesus technically told them clearly that he was going to be crucified. They just didn't want to listen or just couldn't. They could not understand in their human mind, but the scriptures tell us that he did tell them beforehand. But God really can't even tell us the things that he's doing because our human mind can understand it. And sometimes he gives us glimpses. But for the most part, um, we don't know 
uh, what God is up to. We know maybe what he has told us specifically to do at seasons in our life, but and, and we do have the picture, um, the grand picture through the word of God that he is going to throw death and hell and Satan and the demons in the lake of fire forever and ever, and we will have a new heaven and earth. And, uh, and so he and, he and world leaders will rise up and things will happen and plagues will come. Sicknesses like this one will come and things will ha- happen in the earth. So we have kind of a, a, a map and, a, and a, um, a game plan, but we don't have all the specifics and we don't know what God is doing moment by moment. But God does. And sometimes uh, we uh, go through things as the disciples did. I mean, he was talking about a specific thing for them, but we can actually look at these scriptures and see that there are times that we grieve because we don't understand what is happening, but there is something about to birth. He said it will be like, in verse 21, a child being born. A woman is suffering in the pains of labor, but a new baby is coming into the world. And, um, want to encourage you, the reason we can have joy is because we don't look at the present moment. When you are going through a tough time or you're going through things that you don't understand, you must look ahead. You must look as Jesus did. It says that he endured the cross. Okay, he did it. And depending on your translation and depending on the verse, I'm just going to paraphrase. He did it for you and I. He knew that we were on the other side of that cross, that salvation was waiting on the other side of the cross. So he endured the cross for us and for God's plan. And so uh, that's because he was spirit and not flesh. He said, thy will be done, your kingdom come. He had already crucified his flesh in the garden of Gethsemane when he decided to follow God, even though it's not what he wanted to do in his flesh. He did what the Spirit of God was prompting him to do for the sake of all humanity and to be obedient to the Father. And by doing that, uh, he brought us salvation. So there are things happening behind the scenes that the disciples weren't aware of, that we're not aware of right now, but God is going to birth something through this time. God is going to bring such a wave, a chance for this world to repent. He's going to bring a wave, a newness of life. There's This is a time, a rare time in our lives that we can actually stand arm in arm with the saved and the unsaved, with, with those in gross sin and those in in little white lies sin, and we can stand arm in arm with all of them across the world and say we've all been through the same thing. We've all been through this together. This is going to be a rare time in history where we have all faced the same things together. We all face different things all the time, and yet this is something that we all must face together, and we can say, but I had hope in it, and they're going to say, how did you have hope in it? because of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to be encouraged. I want you to have joy because we don't even know what this child is going to look like, what what God is going to do. Basically, there's going to be something that's going to happen on the other side. And what's amazing is he encouraged the disciples. He said that there's a joy that you're going to get when after, you don't understand right now, but when you see me again, uh, and, and we can apply these verses actually to us looking for his second coming as well, because it says that when we receive this joy, when we rejoice, 
when we see see him again and we rejoice, no one can rob you of that joy. So Jesus talking about a supernatural joy that cannot be taken away. And he gave it to disciples. He was penned down for you and I. And we can actually have that joy as well. Because he says in verse 33, he continues talking to them some verses down here. Verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So he told them beforehand, he warned them, and then obviously we know the story that Jesus came to them. They were a little down and he picked them back up and encouraged them and they went around the world with like balls of fire and changed the world for the kingdom of God. And we have uh, Christianity today because uh, God did not leave them because they were so filled with joy that they even endured things that I don't even like to think about or talk about. I mean, John, the guy who wrote this book after um, this, he is uh, thrown in hot tar and uh, then he's put on the island of Patmos and, and, and um, like the movie Castaway, <laughs> and just and, and completely abandoned by the world. And, uh, and yet he could not um, be killed. I mean, his body did die, but be- there was a joy inside of him. His spirit man could not be um, uh, squashed, if I can put it that way. And so there is a hope that we must have, and it is in Christ alone. If I can say that, we need to have hope in Christ alone. And there was a song I've been listening to this week. Uh, It's just called uh, Spirit Lead Me. And uh, in the song, the lyrics are, when all hope is gone. See, natural hope will be taken from us at times. Jesus said it in verse 33 of John chapter 16. We just read it, that many trials and sorrows will come, just like they had uh, sorrows and trials of him going away uh, into the grave and not understanding it. And he told them that after that, some more things, there'll be other things. There were things for them and there are things for us that are trial uh, and our sorrows And the world has seen that throughout the ages of trials and sorrows and that those things may come, but Jesus is our hope. If we hold on to him and we realize that he has overcome this world, it does not mean you will not go through it, but it it gives us a strength to know that God is with us in it. And And I told my congregation at the beginning of the year, 2020, I said, God's gonna do it, but you have to go through it. God's gonna do it, but you have to go through it. And uh, if we will hold on to God, we will come out the other side with a brand new strength. Just like the, the woman giving birth, uh, there is some pain involved and there's some, uh, there's just confusion and, and we, we can laugh because 
uh, you know, we can get, we all have a picture of how even the husband and wife are in that, in that um, hospital room and she might say something like, you did this to me and, uh, and uh, I hate you. And obviously she doesn't mean those things, but there's a moment of confusion. There's a moment of, oh my gosh, what is happening? What did we do? But there is a joy that is about to break forth. There is a joy that's about to come out of this situation. And uh, Jesus is our hope. When all hope is gone, we must realize that God has not changed, that God is still God. You need to say that to your spirit man. You need to out of your mouth, say it into your ears and let your spirit be encouraged. God is still God. His position as God has not changed and God is still doing something in this time. And uh, I don't think I have time this morning to get into uh, maybe uh, what I was going to uh, go into. I don't want you to uh, uh, turn this off because it's gone too long. So maybe I'll talk about it another time. But just quickly, I'll hint at what um, I was going to get into a little bit. And uh, so I'll just I'll just give you a quick breeze through. And then if I go into more depth another time, so be it. If not, then uh, this will be it. But it says in those lyrics, when all hope is gone, he says, I have to believe that you still bring water from the rock. And obviously what he's referring to in that song is that even though uh, the rocks don't give out water, right? I mean, we have some springs that kind of seep up under rocks and and they, they can kind of find their way through moss or cracks in the rocks, but rocks don't give us water. God supernaturally uh, had a rock pour out enough water that fed, uh, that was able to quench the thirst of millions of people there in the wilderness after coming out of Egypt. And uh, we need to believe that God is a supernatural God. It'll increase your joy. Your joy is, uh, if is directly related to your picture of God, to your, um, to your faith in God, to your trust in God, if you base it on circumstances, it's going to wave up and down. But because God doesn't change, because God is outside of time, because God is always supernatural, if you have a joy and a hope and a peace that is anchored in Him and not in your circumstances, then even when the circumstances change, your joy and your hope will stay the same. And so I just want to say a few more things. Uh, we cannot in this time put our hope in a president. You cannot put your hope in an economic relief plan. And we love our president in this country. God has blessed us with our president. And I pray for him. And I've been praying for him every single day. And I've been praying for the leaders that are making decisions right now. Uh, that potentially could affect us for a long, long time. And I'm praying for them, and I'm so blessed uh, for these three years that we have had this president. I believe it has been a good time in this nation, and God has blessed us. But um, God is greater. Our hope is in God. It's not in a man or a woman that would lead a nation. It's not in any type of plan that they could possibly put out onto uh, you, you know, the tables 
and, and, and work out and, and, and figure out and do this and do that. And if we get here and we do this and we'll be okay. Uh, there is no true security in this world. I said it if you were listening to, um, I just hopped on Facebook and, and gave a quick encouragement this week. And if you were listening, I was referring to the Hebrews uh, verse that says, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we can find that in the Old Testament as well. And um, it's a picture that the Bible gives us of how this earth is shakable, yet God's kingdom is not shakable. We must hold on to God that uh, is the rock. It is the rock instead of the sand as your foundation. It is anchoring and building upon Jesus Christ so that when storms come and things will come. I've been telling the congregation that things will come. And I feel like sometimes maybe it's just my perception, but people get annoyed at me constantly saying, you know, bad times will come eventually. And here we are in an unprecedented time, or even if you say it's this has happened before, it hasn't happened in a long, long, long time. And so here we are, and we must have our foundation anchored to the rock of Jesus Christ uh, because the market, uh, retirements, the housing industry is right behind um, this, this, this uh, virus and we're, we're right on the cusp of uh, potentially things could continue to collapse and um, we pray that they don't and we pray that, that through our president and through these plans and, 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 uh, and, and through lots and lots of prayer, that God can change thing, turn things around and change this nation and change this time economically and uh, physically for all those that are suffering. But we must realize that there is no guarantee in any of these things. Our only hope is in Jesus. It says in the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 13, I pray that God the source of hope. I want you to hear that again. This is out of the NLT, but I think it says it's so perfect. I pray that God, I want to just add some license here. I'm going to ad lib a little bit. Who is the source of hope? He says, comma, the source of hope. God is the source of hope. In other words, there's no such thing as hope without God. God is hope. It comes from him. So, People are hoping it gets better. We're hoping that things will change. We're hoping things will turn around. And that's just, uh, that's just hope that's filled with hot air. That's not the hope that I'm talking about here. That's, just, I'm, that's no different than wishing, wishing upon a star. All right, there, There's no strength. There's no substance to it. But we have a hope in God. We know that God hears our prayers. We know that if we seek Him, He will be found by us. We know that if we pray, He hears us and will answer us. Our word has given us as a promise. Jesus told us He would not abandon us. He would not leave us as orphans. He sent us the Holy Spirit. He has given us the word of God. It has been preserved for these 2,000 years for us to still hold on to it. It's just proof that God is... Um, our true source of hope. That is, the things of this world change, and they have changed many times over in these 2,000 years, but his word has stayed the same. It is the true and only source 
of hope. It is the only thing that will change the time that we are in right now. And we must, uh, it continues to say, and we must get this, uh, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. So we must get this. We must be filled by the Lord with joy and peace because you trust in him. So he says that God is the source of hope and I pray that God being the source of hope will fill you completely from that source of hope with joy and with peace. And there's a, there's a clause here and it's because you trust in him. <clears throat> this is key here, church. We must trust in God like you've never trusted God before. And I say that to God, I trust you, and I'm even saying it to you to trust God, and I don't even know how to fully do that in my human man. It doesn't even make sense fully to me. I know that's what I have to do, and I don't even know how to fully walk it out, except that at every turn that I have the opportunity to doubt or to worry or to fear or to lose my peace or to lose my joy, I have to make the choice to refuse to listen to those lies from Satan, those lies from my human mind or the lies from the media, and I have to choose to trust God. And it says, if I will trust him, then I'll have a peace, a joy, and a hope within me. It says, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that there is nothing, God doesn't do anything except through Christ on the earth. He spoke the world into existence through Christ and the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters. God doesn't do anything in this earth except through his spirit, through the blood of Christ, through the word, which is Jesus Christ. And so we must realize that it's through the Holy Spirit, which means we must trust in the Spirit. The Spirit is constantly knocking on our doors. He's, he's knocking on believers' doors again to say, hey, you trusted me once, don't lose your trust. And he's knocking on the unbelievers' door to say, trust in me today. If you will trust in me, I will give you a source of hope and joy and life and peace right now that you cannot possibly fathom in your human mind. And so I want to just close with this thought um, that uh, it is uh, all comes down to perspective. I want you to get this. Joy is a choice. God, I just read the verse in Romans and I read how Jesus talked about it, that it's supernatural. Okay, joy is supernatural. It's not something you can fabricate, but it is something that you must choose to stay in. And I can find that through most of the ideas in the Bible that God does something supernaturally but requires us to walk it out. For instance, just very quickly, the promised land. God gave it to them, but they had to go in and seize it. God uh, gave them the victory over Pharaoh, but they still had to uh, trust God and walk through that Red Sea 
and get to that promised land. And then God gave them uh, many victories after victories after victories against all those nations that tried to take their promise. And every time God did it supernaturally, but they had to stand and trust God. At, at times, they just had to stand there and watch him do it, but they still had to stand there and, and know that God is God. And at times, they had to pick up a sword and go and do the fighting. And at times, uh, they had to go and collect the plunder uh, that God uh, supernaturally gave them. But he put um, so many of the victories in their court. Uh, God did it. It doesn't take away the supernatural part about the situation or that miracle or take away any glory from God, but required them to get up and to walk it out. And we must walk out our joy right now. Our perspective uh, must be based upon what the Lord sees. We must ask him for new eyes to see and new ears to hear. We must look at this time from the perspective of, of heaven. And let me just say quickly, if you lose all your retirement, and I'm, I'm not trying, I'm trying to build you up in hope. I'm trying to give you joy. So just humor me for one moment. But let's just say in a worst case scenario that you lose everything that you've ever known and, and, and everything is gone and you've even been tossed out on the street. And then finally, uh, this virus is gone and there's a greater one and it takes your human life. None of that matters in the scheme of eternity. Now, none of those things sound comforting to your human flesh, but none of that matters if you were obedient to the Lord, if you stayed alight for Jesus Christ, if you kept preaching the gospel through it all, you kept trusting in God through it all, then none of that matters because we will inherit a kingdom that is unshakable, that cannot be uh, stolen from, the Bible says, that there will be streets of gold. There will be uh, 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 houses that we can't, even, we can't even fathom that he has built for us and, and, and trees and, uh, that produce fruit that we've never even seen before and colors that we've never even seen before. And that's the perspective that God is looking at when he looks at this earth and looks at this time. But we are so earthly minded and we're so earthly perspective based and if we do that, if we live this life earthly, we will not only miss out on what God has for us, but potentially, uh, besides just missing it out, and I don't want to miss a thing that God has for me um, uh, eternally, but also you're going to live this life out in misery. And we cannot live. God doesn't want us to. We don't have to. So why would we live this life out without being filled with joy in every single circumstance. So um, God gave it to me supernaturally, but then we're so easily shaken. And I just had to say, Lord, forgive me because I had some things try to shake my joy and maybe for a moment they did. Um, but uh, I have to remember that the Lord has delivered me over and over and over again. And I know you out there listening, if you know the Lord, you have seen him deliver you so many times. And if you do not know him yet, uh, this word of God and my life personally and other believers' lives personally can attest to God being a faithful God who never leaves us and never forsakes us. The Lord has delivered us. I, I just, I like to think about this sometimes. 
When we get to heaven, God is going to show us like on a movie of all the times that he spared us from disaster, even death. You have no idea that how God has actually protected you time and time again. And, and, and that's the things that we're unaware of. But we've all had experience with God, experiences with God where we've been delivered from trouble. And when that happens, there's a joy, a supernatural joy and hope. It fills our hearts. But God, because he loves us, uh, and we are not babies, but we are maturing men and women, God asks us to maintain it. So he supernaturally gives it to us and then says to us, will you remember how I took care of you before? Will you remember, uh, will you read my word and remember how uh, they, uh, it looks so grim and it looked like they're never going to make it, but I spared them and I took them through it over and over and over again, or are you going to look at this present circumstance, this present moment, and doubt me? And so I'm going to choose, and I'm asking you out there, congregation, to choose joy, to make the conscious effort to stay in that place. It's supernaturally given. God gives it. It's supernatural. And I'm going to pray in just a moment for God to give it to us in a whole new way. But we must choose then when it tries to shake, when the enemy tries to take it, we must focus on him and focus on a, with a heavenly vision, then focusing on the uncertainties in front of us. And what will happen? Listen, believer, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get filled with another layer of joy. That joy will just keep compounding and increasing. And finally, that's how Paul was able to sit in that prison cell and worship God because nothing could shake him. And it took him choosing to trust God over and over and over again. So finally, just like a callus, it was formed against the uncertainties that try to poke through and it just could not penetrate that supernatural joy he had in him. And so with that, I just pray for this church. If you're listening out there, I'm praying for you. The Lord loves you so much. You believers and you unbelievers out there listening, he loves you so much. He has a plan and a purpose for you. Do not judge by what you see out there, but look to God, look to his word right now and make a a judgment call based on his word. And when we do that, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you give us a supernatural peace, joy, and hope, and life in us that cannot be shaken. I bless you. I love you. Dawn and I are praying for you, and uh, we'll talk to you really soon, hopefully in person. Bless you.